Welcome to the Excel Magazine podcast. Dive deep with us into the mesmerizing world of immersive tech, where we bring you conversations with the trailblazers of XR, AI, and spatial computing. If you're curious about what's on the horizon and eager to be inspired, you're in the right place. Tune in and let's explore the digital frontier together. Today, we have the pleasure of being talking with Cornel Hillman, who is a CG artist and XR designer with over 20 years of experience in the media and entertainment, advertisement, and design industry. He has worked with brands including Panasonic, Jaguar, The Future is Wild, the Singapore International Film Festival, Razor, and many others. He has lectured master classes for immersive media production, advanced 3D, VR, and media design courses at Limcock Wing University. He's also the author of Unreal for Mobile and Stand Alone VR, a new X for XR published by a press, New York, a division of Springer Nature. I personally have felt a lot of gratitude coming from Cornell because he has been one of the pioneers of explaining for designers how to actually implement good UX for XR or extended reality applications. So I am very excited with this episode. I can't wait to begin. Let's do it. Thank you so much, Cornell, for being here today. I'm super, super excited. You are sort of my master. I let you know why later, but I'm super excited with your time, your value, and everything that you have to say today. Thank you so much. How are you doing today? Thanks. Uh, it's a great pleasure to be here. I am very excited. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm great. Uh, it's uh, 10 o'clock in Singapore and 10 p.m. And there's so much going on at the moment. So we have plenty to talk about, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> OK, so maybe we can get started by letting us know a little bit about your background. Yeah, so basically my background um, is uh, basically in design originally. So I started actually in art direction. Um, that was way, way back in the 90s. I did uh, art direction originally for um, for an independent record label. I was doing album covers. And then I got my first big job uh, doing art direction for a magazine. It was a sports magazine and then a boating magazine, uh, even even though I didn't know anything about boating, but it was very exciting for me at that time. And so then I, you know, that was a great time. That was in California and Los Angeles. And uh, back then I was always interested in 3D and uh, anything like, you know, building your own digital world, like world building, basically. I was always fascinated by that. And in those days it was, you know, the software was not very accessible and, and the, or the software that I could get my hands on was actually not very good. And, but, you know, I still was driven by that fascination. And the more I learned about it, the, the more eager I was to get into it. And then I finally got more into like interactive design and, uh, you know, gaming, 3D, these kind of things. And um, then in, uh, 
I moved to Hamburg and with a partner together, we started a company and that was, um, uh, that was in the late nineties and that company lasted for about 10 years. We did a lot of, uh, jobs, um, for example, interactive applications for B2B customers for trade shows and that kind of thing. And that was a great learning process for me to, you know, and, and it was a really interesting time because the technology was progressing so fast and, um, and at that time, I must say, you know, virtual reality was a dream that was far, far away, you know. So at that time, you know, we talk very often about virtual reality and, you know, I was reading sci-fi books and, but I never thought that we would actually see this happening in my lifetime, you know. So it was really, um, really fascinating when it actually then unfolded, you know, a, a dream actually uh, came, uh, became reality, you know, and, you know, I have to say like uh, the first time I, um, I came across a, a, a decent or the, my first, the my first inter encounter with a decent VR headset was actually before the Oculus. It was in 2008, I went to the uh, game developers conference in San Francisco and, um, like, you know, the, the GDC and there was one booth. They, they had like a, a, a an, an early prototype of a, a VR headset that was hooked up to a uh, wall of Warcraft, you know? <laughs> so, and it was really funny. And I was so surprised that there was no, uh, that, that there was not more excitement about it because I was totally blown away. I was like, wow, this is amazing. You, you basically you're in wall of Warcraft with this headset. I mean, it was very low resolution and the feel of view was very tiny, but I was like, this is amazing, <laughs> you know? And, and from there on, I thought, wow, this is, uh, you know, something's going to happen because this was really something new. You know, that was something new that you had a consumer level VR device that showed promise. And then, you know, sure enough, a few years later, uh, Oculus came about the Kickstarter in 2013. And I was lucky enough to get in a very early prototype, the first development kit. Uh, through a friend because it was was not easy to get one of those in the uh, in the early days and so that was a very very exciting time you know <laughs> and since then i've been uh, i've been doing things for vr i've been developing i've been designing i've done i've done workshops seminars i've i've done all sorts of things <laughs> you know and um, it has been very exciting and as you know my book um, I very often call it a roller coaster ride because we had all these, you know, these hype cycles, you know, uh, this, uh, sometimes you have like, uh, uh, the hype and then you have the, the, the backlash, you know, um, like, you know, we're in 2016, there was a huge VR hype. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> it, it, like it, 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 there was a huge backlash and no one wanted to hear anything about VR anymore. And, then last year we had the big metaverse hype. And then the, after that, the big backlash. So if you're in this business in, in, in XR, you have to be, you know, you have to have a, a thick skin, I would say, you know, because you, you need to be able to, to, uh, to survive that, you know, that's one of the lessons actually that um, XR designers have to uh, have to live with, have to learn. 
but on the other hand, I mean, I think this, these are the, the early growing pains of, 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 a, of, a, of a huge industry, you know, and we're still very early in the game and, and the, 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 the best is yet to come, as we know, from, uh, from the Apple Vision Pro introduction announcement. I mean, you know, next year will be super exciting. I'm, I'm very excited about next year, you know. Yeah, for sure. Me too. I mm -hmm. was, uh, of course, online uh, watching the WWDC and mm -hmm. everything that involved with the launching of this uh, device, which is something new from Apple. And Apple is such a mm -hmm. huge company. I personally... Actually, all my devices are from Apple because I like, you know, design designers <laughs> tend to like this type of products. <laughs> mm. And so, and so when I knew that Apple was bringing this, mm. this device, it was, it blew my mind. I said, okay, something is happening here. As you mentioned, something is mm. like these companies are going towards this. Uh, but as you mentioned, there are some backlash that we need to be mindful of. So uh, my mm. next question is going to be about your book, which I am super is ux for xr you are the author of this book let's start by letting, letting us know why you decided to write a book in the first place which is a little mm -hmm. uncommon people start to create their own experiences and of course you do you're super professional but why a book and how was the process of writing it actually you know it was uh, um I never had it on my mind to write a book. You know, this is actually my second book. Uh, do you know my first book? It's about Unreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, so my first book. So actually when I wrote my first first book, it came about that uh, I I spoke at a conference um, in, uh, in uh, Stockholm, I think. Uh, What's it called? Oredef conference. I spoke at that conference. They invited me to speak about uh, mobile VR. And so after that conference, a publisher contacted me and asked me, um, Hey, do you want to, do you want to write a book? You know? And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, a book? Why, why, you know, never <laughs> crossed my mind, you know? And then I was like, isn't that a lot of work? You know, like, uh, and then first I thought, um, I wanted to, they wanted actually to, for me to cover all everything in VR. Uh, and I, I, but I had a different idea. I wanted to talk about mostly mobile and standalone VR because I thought that is uh, the future. And, um, but they didn't want to do that. And then I asked another publisher. So then I actually, I, I became ambitious. I thought like, I actually want, you know, now I want it, you know, no, actually, I actually do want to write that book. And then I contacted a press, you know, which is a division of uh, Springer nature, the academic publisher. And, um, and they said, yeah, let's, let's do it. And uh, so, so, and my first book actually was, uh, did quite well and, um, people liked it and it was a positive experience. Mm -hmm. And then the publisher came back to me and then they said, Hey, uh, can you write us a, another book? <laughs> and, uh, and then I was like, Oh my God, it was so much work to, to the first book. I mean, it really takes so much time to write a book. I mean, Yay. revisions, there's so many things go into it. You know, you have to test, I mean, you have to be really solid with what you say. You, everything you say has to be tested and, and you have to make sure that if, that every information is, is rock solid. And so they, so way I discussed it with the publisher and they, uh, so we decided to, uh, I, I said, okay, well, we'll do something on UX for XR because the reason was actually because I thought 
you know, the XR industry is still so young, you know, and, uh, and it's still a niche. It's still a niche. You know, we, we have a lot of enthusiasts and you have like special interests. You have like a bit of enterprise, but you know, what is needed to break through for, for, for a wider adoption, you know? So that's a big question. And my idea was actually to look at, um, look back at the last decade, you know, what happened in the mobile economy with what UX, what UX design actually uh, contributed to the uh, success of the uh, mobile economy, you know, like so many apps and uh, websites and digital services benefited so much from, from design thinking and, and great UX design. So basically that's the secret sauce of the booming economy of the, you know, the digital economy, the last decade is actually the secret sauce is UX, you know, is good UX design, you know? And I, I thought this is really what's needed in an XR because at that point when I wrote the book, you know, VR design was not really much driven by uh, UX design. It was more driven by gaming, game design uh, conventions. You know, I write about that in my book, you know, as, as you probably know. And it's a bit of a different culture, you know, because um, game design is uh, is very, um, uh, follows genre conventions a lot, you know. So you basically design very often for specific game genres. And, um, but UX design has a totally different, uh, perspective. It's, it's really understanding the user and, uh, putting yourself in the shoes of the user and, uh, testing, iterating and until it's right, you know, and a lot of, I, I noticed that very often in the VR development field, a lot of people were not actually doing that enough. I, I thought, you know, because, on one hand, there is a thing called game UX, you know, th that thing exists, but that's usually reduced to really uh, UI interaction, onboarding, and, you know, stuff like leaderboards and that kind of thing, but not really like designing a, a full experience, you know? So um, I thought like, this must be really uh, an important topic to to cover because so many designers are going to be uh, shifting the next years from from flat screens from pancake design to uh, uh, spatial computing you know it's it's of, of course this is going to happen and what so we have to look into what's important for designers basically what um because and these designers are actually needed in the XR space because previously there wasn't, there weren't enough of them there, you know. So it was dominated basically by game design and game developers, and uh, and I think actually UX designers uh, are needed for this whole um, uh, for this industry really to take off, you know. So that's really an important thing because we have to understand what drive successful applications and what how we can make vr or xr uh successful and um you know the thing is this you know uh, uh, the problem with vr very often is you know you probably know we have in vr we have a huge problem with retention rates you know uh, so people pick up a headset uh, uh, they pick up a headset, they're excited. And then, you know, it's, it collects dust on your, on your shelf somewhere. 
And, you know, that's a real problem. People are not coming back for more, you know, and I often call that the, uh, the VR paradox because on one hand, people are very often, wow. They say like, oh my gosh, this is amazing, you know, but then they also go like, oh yeah, I haven't seen enough of that. I'm, I'm, you know, I, 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 you know, no one goes out and runs out and buys with the headset. And so the problem I see there is that, um, uh, that, um, the why it's not enough to wow people you actually have um you know in ux as is uh, the principle of to of to delight people you know delight uh so that's very often lacking you know the the softer uh ways of delighting the user you know instead of like just the harsh wow effect you know so more the subtle uh comfort things you know the 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 subtleness of 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 uh, not only usability but uh, delightfulness you know and so these principles are very often overlooked you know in uh, uh in XR design that comes from a, a game design culture, you know, that's, so that was actually one of the reasons why uh, I decided to uh, investigate this topic with this book. And I talked to a lot of people. It was, uh, it was very interesting to um, talk, talk to un, ongoing projects. It was very insightful. For example, I talked to uh, like Siemens Health in years. They did some really advanced uh, uh development for medical uh, applications and it was really uh, insightful to uh, to learn uh, the the various issues people have developing uh, good designs for for XR you know so that's that was that was actually what motivated me to to really dive deeply into the subject and 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 write about it and present my conclusions <laughs> to the public you know yeah and and this is a an incredible guide even if somebody has a doubt i invite you to go and check in amazon the reviews people is saying <laughs> this is amazing this book is great it has a lot of value very specific examples case studies which to create this mm. imagine all the time that this takes and to embed there of course showcasing the principles it's a lot of work so we're super grateful that you created this thank you so much <laughs> um I, I see that of course there is a uh, evident some evident and maybe some not so evident differences between the traditional design that happens in 2D and the design that now happens in spatial computing. Mm. So I see that throughout the book, you discuss about object-oriented UX to approach the design, not just from the flat screens and, and the regular type of design, but now with the 3D elements, the, the objects. So my question is, yeah. if you can let us know a little bit about what what changes and and why you decided to to present objective object object oriented UX. Yeah, so the the uh, the story with object oriented UX is very interesting. So um, so while I was talking to researching the subject, and I talked to a lot of uh, UX designers and developers and. And uh, in my research, I came across uh, uh, OOUX, object-oriented UX, and that's a um, uh, a framework by the design innovator Sophia Prader. She's a, 
a very uh, inspirational uh, woman. She she came up with this framework, and I contacted her, and we had a long discussion. And she totally agreed with what I said because I said, "Hey, this is exactly what what we need in in XR because it speaks the language of." Spatial computing, you know, we we in spatial computing we we talk about objects in space, you know, mm. and we we uh, uh, we we see what these objects can do, what what um, and how the user interacts with them. So basically, it's object centered what we do, what we do, and and you know the interesting thing is uh, OUX is is a is a very specialized uh, UX framework but it's also very successful so people are very happy with it and Sophia Prada she uses it for uh, slightly different purposes so she very often uses it for very um, complex websites for example when you have websites for example uh, when you have a uh, let's say you have a training course and you do a search for something specific and you have search results with a lot of information blocks that have dependencies, you know, there's author, there's other books to the subject and you have, you know, uh, related information. So, so how do, how do you design these kind of things with, have a, which have a lot of dependencies? Mm -hmm. So she actually uses it for these very complex um interactions that have a lot of object dependencies and we where you create a, a kind of like a hierarchy of uh, uh, of objects and um it's just it's just a, uh, basically a coincidence more or less that this is this principle is perfect for uh, for xr design but in xr design we use it slightly different it's not so much the emphasis is not so much on the uh, uh, the super complexity because in XR we actually don't have these really <laughs> big web pages with tons of search results. We don't have these uh, these kinds of issues. It's more of uh, organizing your um, your project. You know, basically organizing what you have. You, you know, you you know you have. Uh, uh, let's say you have. Uh, activity areas, you have different rooms, you have uh, objectives that, you know, stakeholders uh, want to see in their application. So basically, object-oriented UX gives you an opportunity to bring structure and order into uh, into your project, you know, it, it allows you to structure your project, you know, and and since it's so close to what what we actually see in XR because we actually are interacting with objects, it's very intuitive, you know, so that that makes it super intuitive. And another benefit is that, you know, for example, in, um, in Unreal or also in Unity, the underlying uh, uh, coding language is, um, uh, is ob object-oriented programming, you know, C++. Mm -hmm. And... You know, where you're dealing, where you very often designers don't deal much with that, but sometimes they come across, you know, when you do a bit of scripting and stuff, you come across it. For example, you're dealing with uh, inheritance and, uh, and, and object oriented parameters. And so you're already in that mindset, you know, so you're already in that, in that object oriented mindset because you're, the way you're dealing with your, your game engine when you're designing, when you're putting things together. So this, uh, object-oriented UX is totally in tune with it, you know. So you're totally in tune with um, 
with your technical foundation as well as the user experience, you know, that, that you later are putting together, you know? So I, I think it's really absolutely perfect for that. And, um, you know, um, I've, uh, I've been on, uh, on uh, Sophia Prada's podcast as well. Um, and I really think she's an amazing woman. She's really a design innovator. I have to say she's really, uh, I think the OUX has, has huge potential to go, f uh, much further because it's just a very intuitive way of sorting information, you know, sorting, uh, structuring projects, structuring, Uh, your design and creating a, a user journey map, these kind of things. Because my problem originally was how do we bring, you know, the the um, the way you, you, UX designers usually work, you know, in flat designs and pancake designs. How do we bring that into the uh, into spatial computing, you know? And and because usually it's in 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 traditional UX design, so for mobile and uh, web apps there's usually a rush to UI, you know, because for mobile apps and web applications, what you design is basically all you done. I mean, that's all you have. The user interface is only a, the, uh, the UI basically, you don't have a 3d world behind that. So that's why you, you know, you rush to UI, you don't, um, you know, And that's that that and that 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 approach doesn't apply for XR, you know. And that's why I thought um OUX looks a little deeper, you know. It's 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 a deeper look and at what's actually going on behind the scenes, kind of, you know. You know what I mean, yeah? <laughs> yeah, 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 it, definitely. It it seems sometimes when people is just starting to learn about the OOUX. Mm. Object oriented seems to be confused for a spatial computing with the 3D only, mm. yeah, only yeah. elements like the object because of the word object, right? right? But it, it's also more than that. It's also the functions between them. Exactly. Well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just wanted to make that <laughs> clarification. Thank you so much. So there is another aspect that I found super interesting that is not usually spoken by designers mm. and people that is super excited about this field, which is, I am super, super stoked when you add it to your book, XR and mindful design. And mm. it is because if you added this, it makes me think you have also an interesting sense of care for people as a designer, which sometimes is missing. I mean, it's part of the job design design has to, the design has to look sleek, functional, nice, good for the user, but not in depth as you added mindful design. So I'm wondering what prompted you to add mindful design and what is it about in general, if you'd like to discuss. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, uh, 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 mindful design in my uh, my eyes is also uh, about empathy for okay. the user and also about the bigger picture. You know, because we're not only doing this for money. We because what why we're doing this? We want to actually uh, uh, do something that helps people to to be better or to to be to live their full potential. You know, and but at the same time, we know that you know uh, we have issues. With technology, you know, there's technology is not always great in all aspects. With there are problems, you know, as we know with social media, even in UX design with dark patterns and these kind of things. 
And if we look at gaming, for example, there's problems with gaming addiction and these kind of things. So it's it's important to keep in mind that we it's not all about money. It's not all about uh, making your client happy or your stakeholders. It's also about like uh, true empathy, like really trying to to really be true to yourself. What 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 you contribute to to this to the world or to other people. So it's beyond actually just the success of the 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 project or mm-hmm. or your own uh, bank account. It's it's more about what really helps people or what really uh, matters or it's important to people or to for people to live their full potential. And I think it's very often good to to take a step back and and remember that, you know, that because of why are we doing this in the first place, right? (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. And I feel also designers have such a power in their hands, which is the creation of those experiences and the creation of those experiences directly are going to impact the, even the health or the mental state or, you know, like the, these type of emotional conditions of other people in the world. So for me, it's so fundamental that every designer, in fact, should understand the importance of empathy in this sense. And even from mindful design, as you are explaining in this book, I found it amazing because you not only speak about mindful design per se, which is one element, but also socially responsible design and digital well-being. So I think if we as designers reflect on this and if, and bring these values to our profession, the experiences are going to be much more enriched, potentially helping with the problem that you mentioned with the, with the mm. retention, et cetera, with VR. Yeah. And at this point, as you know, there are many platforms where people can, any person can create anything, but maybe these principles are not there. So this take us to the educational journey that designers need to undertake. And speaking about that, I also wonder, I know you're such an amazing educator. That's why you have written these books. I wonder if you have any resources from yourself, like workshops or any type of educational resources that you could offer us to continue learning from you. Yeah, uh, thanks for asking. Actually, there is a, um, a master class that I'm doing that's coming up on the Interaction Design Foundation. And that's on, let me look it up again. It's on uh, November 16th. And I'm very excited about this one. This is about uh, rapid prototyping for VR. Wow. And um and it's, you know, I, I, I really uh, like this institute a lot. It's Interactive, Interactive Design Foundation is uh, uh, one, one of the, I think, one of, if not the best place to to learn, you know, this kind of thing. Mm. Uh, very, uh, very respected, uh, great organization. And um, so what, what this workshop is about, it's about uh, the problem of prototyping, because I talk about it in my book. Prototyping is one of the big issues in XR because the you know the success usually of UX design relies on rapid on prototyping and testing, right? And prototyping very often it's not easy to 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 quickly get there to be able to test, you know. So and and this uh, masterclass is is about that. I'm gonna share my uh, my learnings, my insights, my tips and tricks, and my 
uh, <laughs> my 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 secret sauce how I do things there you know the Pandora box is gonna be open <laughs> soon <laughs> so I'm super excited when you were mentioning about prototyping I am wondering how much of a designer and this question is related with Unreal Engine how much of a designer needs to use for prototyping visual scripting or actual C++ coding. Sometimes designers worry about that. They say, oh, going into later stages of the prototype, I'm worried that I don't know how to code. So please mm. let us know how does it work. Yeah, I think there's different types of designers, you know. There's designers who really say, I mean, it's it's really up to up to yourself how you define yourself as you as a designer. You say, hey, I do uh I do just uh, a spatial design. I do uh, early early prototypes, so basically low fidelity. I design a space. I design the UI, but I don't go all the way to to design the interaction. You know, while other another designer designer says, "Well, you know, I do the whole thing. I do, you know, I design do the spatial design, but I also do." the full interaction and they both of them may have pros and cons, you know, and it's really, it's not one is better than the other. It's, it's, it's up to the individual and their personal style and what they do best, you know, and, um, you know, very often designers use, uh, you know, shapes XR, um, um, uh, previously called Tori in my book, you know, um, and, um, and for example, Basil, that uh, nice. web-based tool yeah. and uh, those are great tools to really uh, put together a presentation to to pitch uh, a project or to to do a early impression testing on your stakeholders and that kind of thing you know so uh, and and that might may be just enough for a certain type for a certain type of designer that may be just enough you know while other designers they really want to have full control. They're more focused on the interaction part. You know, they want to really, they're really specific of how, uh, how the interactions are designed, you know? And if you go into that uh, area, you actually need to know visual scripting, you know, mm -hmm. and um, then you need to, but, you know, to be honest, it's not as bad as it, as it looks because there are tools, you know, there are frameworks that make it easier. And, and if you're really serious about it, it's, it's doable, it's learnable, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially this time I was mentioning previously, many designers as well want to expand their familiarity with the tools available. Mm. So not only understanding Unity, but also understanding Unreal. So that is something that uh, many designers are looking for right now. That's why I ask you that question. And so the, the prototyping workshop that is coming up, what type of tools are you going to be using? I'm actually, uh, I'm giving, uh, I'm talking more about uh, learnings principles and I'm actually looking at everything at um, uh, Unreal as well as Unity. I personally prefer Unreal, but I know, for example, a lot of things happen in Unity. I mean, recently I was involved in a project that was Unity-based. I couldn't say, you know, goodbye. I mean, it was just <laughs> too... The project was just too good to to, to dismiss it, you know? <laughs> and um, so, for example, and I, took, I constantly test frameworks, you know, I constantly uh, test tools and frameworks. And, uh, for example, in the... In the workshop, I'm going to talk about, uh, for example, VR Builder. Are you familiar with VR Builder? Yeah. 
So VR Builder is a super nice tool for Unity, for example, because I very often do um, like B2B, um, um, like uh, small um, educational apps where you like, you know, interact with objects and VR Builder is, is a, is a, you know, visual tool to quickly uh, iterate and and prototype things in unity for example and but but the, the the workshop is more than just looking into that it's really looking at the pros and cons of the different approaches also how to how to best approach and what kind of projects or what tools are best for what kind of project uh, you know that's great that sounds absolutely amazing i can't wait to subscribe there it's with the interaction design foundation which if you we are in design we know that this is a huge organization it brings the best designers and the best representatives of the field in the world so i'm super excited with you cornell that you're gonna be one of those amazing presenters there and of course you're gonna be sharing a lot all your insights and all your value and of course we're going to be sharing the workshop. So that's exciting. Thank you for sharing those resources <laughs> with us. And so what is in Thanks. the future for you? I mean, this question maybe is not the best way to say it in the future because things change <laughs> all the time, but what are your aspirations or what are you envisioning right now? Do you have any project that you're working on or what, what is uh, exciting you about the future right now? Yeah, I have a lot of uh, things going on at the moment. <laughs> So I'm working with uh, a few partners on a on a social VR app, um, which is at its early stage. So we we what we're trying to do is to uh, put together a an application for XR that uh, is able to um, bring people together and create meaningful like friendship kind of the mm-hmm. situations, you know, where you can actually share your interests and where you, uh, uh, you know, share what you're interested in and you find people based on your interests, uh-huh. that kind of thing, you know. And originally was the original idea was to do a dating app, but then we moved mm-hmm. away from that. And now it's more like the friendship yeah. because some people very often want to have like, you know, it's, and it's actually not about meeting in people in real life. It's more digital friendships. So people that you actually may not never see in your real life, but that you keep as a digital friend that you come back to and to discuss certain things, get advice, these kind of things. Because uh, one of the things is that I, that we noticed was that there is really a lack of that because very often, I mean, you have apps like VR chat and, and uh, you know, big screen and all these kind of things, but these are like completely random, you know, you never know who you're talking to, what these people are, they come and go disappear. And, and, um, so, you know, we want to create something that's a bit more structured mm. and more for a bit more mature, you know, for people that really want to exchange information, that kind of thing, you know. Mm. Um, so that's at a very early stage. You know, there's lots of different ideas and we have we, we prototype in different concepts. So we'll see if it comes together. You know, <laughs> that's one thing. The other thing is I'm also working on a personal project. It's more like an art, um, kind of a dreamy, sur- surrealist application, uh, Unreal project, um, Unreal VR project, where I want to take advantage of the latest uh, technology from Unreal, especially Lumen and Nanite, you know, that allows you to have like really very rich and detailed environments. So I'm really uh, into that. 
Um, there's, for example, do you know the uh, the recently uh, an app app came out, a VR game called uh, the Reza Project. Have you heard about it? It's like a uh, it's also an Unreal project that they also use Lumen and uh, Nanite. So I'm uh, watching these guys closely because they're doing a similar thing. But mine is of course different. Yeah. But what what I find is interesting is that um, on PC VR to build like these really detailed and rich environments, you know, and do something really uh, uh, outrageous, you know, where mm -hmm. with very surrealistic, like dreamy kind of thing, you know. So that's why I'm working on. And then I do my uh, my regular uh, uh, jobs. You know, I, I've done a lot of virtual tours lately where I do web XR projects, mm -hmm. bringing together like panoramas with embedded hotspots and, and uh, 3D objects and that kind of thing, you know. So lots of stuff going on. Yeah, I can see. Wow, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I'm very excited about when you mention that you are working in this surrealist space or in this uh, experience, because I feel you and I have a lot in common. <laughs> First of <laughs> all, I found inspiration from you mostly by the aspect of your book that speaks about mindful design. Mm -hmm. And I created a book that is, I wrote a book, recently finished the first manuscript about mindful design in special computing, which I'm excited oh, about that. Cool. And I found inspiration from you. <laughs> that's oh, why. That's, that's great. That, you. Can you imagine <laughs> the type of things that you can inspire in people? <laughs> that's amazing. That's great that, to hear. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> that's exciting. Yeah. And the other thing, personal projects that I like is that I have experienced a lot with with uh, generative models that create artistic mm. um, type of things that I like, which are dreamscape architecture. So those mm. are the type of things that I'm building. And my aim is to build them in 3D as well. So we have many things in common. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, it's never a coincidence. I'm so glad that you came today to the podcast. Thank you so, so much, Cornell. Is there anything that you wish I had asked you today and maybe I forgot? <laughs> I think we covered everything. Yes. Um, uh, one last thing I should also mention, I'm also trying to write a new book, <clears throat> which oh, I take, but I'm going to take my time, you know, so it's more, yeah. where I also like uh, speculate a little bit about, about the future and have, I, it's a bit more of a personal book also about, you know, how it was to work with certain companies and kind of, kind of these kind of things, you know. So That's exciting. <laughs> with, are you publishing it with a press or another? So I'm, I, I'm, First of all, I'm, I'm not worrying about who's going to publish oh, it. I'm, okay. I'm writing it first, but I'm going to take my time. It's going to take a while, yeah. you know, so yeah. because I'm doing a lot of things at the moment. So I I have to spread out my time. With, time. You know. Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Thank you so much, Cornel. It's been such an amazing interview. A lot of value for sure. And we're inviting anyone to share this episode with your family or friends that are in the same field that be very interested in this one mm. and subscribe and like because shading is skating thank you so much and see you <laughs> in the next episode bye thank you it was a pleasure thanks a lot huh? okay.